You're listening to Red Nation Online. Saturday, October 1st, it's Tim Vickery, Steve Perry, and I'm Ian Clark, and we're back from Toronto FC's 1-1 draw with the New York Red Bulls. A late equalizer from Thierry Henry sees three points slip through Toronto's fingers, but the mantra this season on the pod has been, a draw is a win. But with the MLS season done, it was overall a good showing from the Reds. We grew over the evolution of the team since their first encounter with New York in July, the impact of the young up-and-comers on the team, and want to know from you who won't make the cut going into 2012. All in the next 35 minutes on East Side Stand Up. Jockeying starts to pot off. Right. Right. Well, well, this is it. This is kind of like the potters re, uh, reunited. Well, I know, but the Tim usually then follows in. I sometimes uh, immediately. Have, I do sometimes. You have the bat. You have the mouse. I do some it's like the conch having the conch. It's true. I do sometimes try and jump in a little bit ahead of Spark. Yeah, but uh, not this, not this time. We did have a again. Con- we did have a contentious moment a few podcasts ago <laughs> where we had to stop and then start again. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, I will start the pot off with us back from BMO Field. The three of us, first time in. Uh, Months. Gosh, feels like feels like Months. forever, guys. Yeah, feels like last time we were here, uh, we were wearing while. shorts. Yeah, certainly. And uh, it wasn't tonight. freezing cold. Tonight yeah, we were t- layered for sure. Yeah, tonight if you were wearing shorts, you'd have to be on methadone or something. Yeah. Although they did show a picture of two guys without shirts on tonight. Yeah. That's my, yeah. That's pretty insane. Well, then either that or lots of alcohol. I'm sure that's the case. But uh, so we're back. One-one uh, draw. New York Red Bulls. Um, Would have never guessed it. No. Going into the game. No. Of course, well, it was disappointing. Well, I think uh, yeah, it's certainly disappointing, but I think... Um, because into, we were leading for so this, long. Uh, I, I think this has to be framed into sort of some historical perspective. Yeah, sure, and this that's, is unusual, um, for sure. If you look at the last, uh, I think it's the last four meets between New York and um, Toronto, they've outscored us 15-1 to 1, um, early in the season. They, aggregate, they, yeah, they destroyed us uh, 5-0. So I think it's probably some measure of how much the team has progressed um, certainly from uh, early August onwards that we were able to sort of uh, maintain a lead for um, a fairly a fairly substantial part of the second half. But there's also some infighting going on with New York right now, right? You yeah, know yeah Rafa, Mar- uh, Rafa Marquez, and uh, um, I guess he's he's not happy. <laughs> no, and that's that's sort of the story. He said some shitty things about his team. And I can't remember who else it was. Was it Tim Ream? There was one, you know, one player come out saying that we're, you know everyone's pretty cocky. And then Rafa Marquez, I think it was a week or two ago, coming out with his, you know, my teammates aren't at my level, which was kind of odd that he was the one who caused the turnover for the opening goal and Mm -hmm. couldn't hustle back quick enough to make a difference. So there's definitely some, it's kind of, people were kind of comparing them to, it's funny how the tides have turned, or not necessarily tides have turned, but, you know, New York's in a position where they're on the cusp of missing on the playoffs and Toronto's sort of one of those teams that sort of had a, historically very poor season and from 2009 when it was almost the roles completely reversed and um we we you know it wasn't uh 
quite the five nil drubbing that we got, but it was definitely felt like, you know, you could see that things are changing for the better. Anyhow, yeah, I think uh, I think um, I, again this this sort of certainly frames the improvements that have uh, been seen in the side. I mean, it was certainly a cagey affair at the beginning of the uh, the, the first half, but. Um, you know what? In like in comparison to where we were at the beginning of the season, the middle of the season, uh, the the match that we saw tonight um, in in terms of like a score out of ten, I would give Toronto probably a seven, mm. maybe a seven and a half. I would have probably scored them higher if they didn't sort of uh, default to some sort of defensive mechanism in the second half, where they just. Did, Attempted to try and maintain that one nil lead yeah, by just never, soaking up all the pressure. That's never worked. For us I mean, it was past. just uh, when we kind of when when uh, uh, when Coverman left the field and they brought on Borman, then it was kind of obvious what they were going to be doing. Um, I, I, unsure of what other attacking options Vinter had, but it was it became obvious that they were just going to square up at the back and just try and sit this one out and try yeah. and get away with the win. Um, it was think, always going to be a dangerous tactic, given the uh, the talent that New York has, especially he uh, Henri. He was also telling, though, about what kind of attack we have. We don't have much in terms of like a bench for strikers, right? No. To bring in Nick Slozma. Uh, Slozma. On as like our guy. Our, our, no, no, but like no, <laughs> but, but seriously, to bring him in as the main guy. Is yeah, the, well, he was uh, like a, 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 any, in the closing, the closing sort of eight to ten minutes. He was like a lone striker. All the way up the field, everyone was just squared off behind the ball. And just... really, they were just playing monkey in the middle with them. They were just keeping the ball away. Like, yeah, you know, he couldn't catch anybody. Yeah, it was. Uh, I them. would have scored them higher if they. Uh, I thought. Oh, it was a pretty decent. Uh, I thought it was a pretty pretty decent turn in by the team tonight. And uh, I probably in like if you l- listen to all of the podcasts over the last season. You probably wouldn't have heard me say that very often. Um, <laughs> no, and I, you know, I, I wasn't disappointed at all with the game tonight. I was just certainly disappointed with them letting in the late goal. Yeah, uh, but in terms of like that's, that's what I want to say. Organization like, at the back, I, I thought they looked very organized. I don't want to be overly optimistic about this because it was disappointing after like with two minutes left to go in the game when Henri scores. You just we had been leading for at least half, uh, fifteen minutes or twenty minutes in the game. It could have been a lot worse. And it looked, it would look could have like been a lot worse. I, for a long time, it looked like we were, they were going to catch us, but then uh, so close to the end, it felt like my we're going to get we away might, with it. We might get away with something here, right? But it, yeah, it didn't happen. So in some ways, it was traditional. Yeah, listen, I, uh, I'm I'm not delusional in in, in any sense, but uh, they. Uh, they um they they ter- they turned up and they played very well and uh, the the goal from uh, Covermans was uh, very well taken. Yeah. We uh and we seemed to be um taking we were, as I said we were very organised at the back. Frings was certainly deserved the man of the match with his organisation at the back. They were disciplined and there was a lot of clearance. It's unfortunate that he's been forced into that sort of centre back role. Kind of was hoping to see more of a sweeper role from him tonight, but um he. I guess that's what his job is now. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, I mean, that's obviously the the I guess I would say the last two weeks, three weeks, where we've started to string together some some good results. The best showings have been with Frings as that center back, as that's in sort of in that sweeper position. Um, and I think it's pretty much until the season's over, we're going to have to come to terms with if we're going to show up and at least be competitive defensively. That's where he's going to be playing. Sure. And, and of course, I mean, that's you're already looking at, I'm sure some of us, now that we're out of the playoffs, to next season. And that's going to be probably one of the biggest areas to to upgrade is is the center back position because it feels like it's a bit of a waste to have 
uh, uh, Frings back there and how much better it would be if he was yeah. up a little bit further in defensive midfielder, midfielder role where he can have more of an influence. Because you see when he's on the ball, he just creates and he, and he rarely turns the ball over. He's super efficient. Yeah, but a great the role touch. he's kind of in at the moment, his job is just to clear the lines. Yeah. It's not like sort of, it's not really uh, because he's playing so far back. He's not able to sort of contribute to the attack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, but he can read the game so well oh, that, yeah. he, that he works excellent as a push him further up the field as both the sweeper and stopper. That, right, that, that dynamic changes completely because that lineup that they do in the back. I mean, it looked like they were almost playing six at some points with Stinson playing on the on the outside. Like it looked like there was six on the back, and um, you know, Fring, Frings isn't playing with somebody in front or back with him. He's just playing. He just plays wherever he fills in, right? But he's certainly playing central. And you've got Harden and Eero on the one side, and then uh, even Ashton Morgan out further on that same side. And it's just like there's so many people on that back line. You're just going, what? And Tim, you were making a point that like it's dangerous to play that that kind of way because it could be chaotic. You don't know really where you're supposed to be playing. Right? Yeah, it's um, it's kind of like a lineup, and it's almost like you're a firing line, right? Well, it doesn't really sort of it doesn't have the um, um, it does, especially when they took off uh, Covermans, then it. I mean, it makes it makes some. I mean, it makes some sense on one level if you do have someone like far up the field who's quick and able and can sort of take advantage of situations on the break. Um, but without that, that that player on the field, like sort of just stacking up a, a lot of bodies that far back, yeah, it can get chaotic because For it sure. doesn't. There's no like. There's no like sort of get out. of Get out! Get out of trouble. There's no layered like midfield there, uh, like the way Italy plays. Like because I think of a traditional uh, defense structure, and I think of Italy, right? And I yeah. think that they play like a midfield and a back line. Sure, you need to target. And they play like eight players, you know, as a wall, <laughs> and then they play the two up front. And uh, we we're not actually playing like that. In turn, it's just like one. But that back whole line. defensive strategy is designed to suck the opposition in. Yes, for it's quick a counter It's a tactic, but you so you need someone big and quick who can t- take to catch the ball and then release it and score. Well, uh, right? Yeah, I mean it's kind of like, um, but to just sort of, I mean, there's, there's, I don't think there's many Italian sides that play that, that, yeah. that tactic where they just soak up pressure. Yeah, you have to be able to apply pressure as well. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. I also wanted to say in the lineup there was no De Guzman in the, um, and we had somebody else filling in for him. Right? Terry Dunfield. So you 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 were you were remarking about how great he was playing. I thought in the first in the first half for sure. I thought Dunfield came in, and it, that's usually been the story of him this year. From what I've noted, is that um, whenever he comes in, whether it's a late sub or a start of a game, he looks good. Seems to fade a bit as the game goes on, um, but I thought he was pretty tidy in the middle, like just distributing the ball. Like he just pick it up, turn, move it forward to Avila or up to Johnson or Covermans, and and that was that, and it was... He was a good utility player. I mean, he's no De Guzman, but he certainly was a good utility player. Talking of Avila, um, I thought that he looked uh, really good in the midfield as well. I thought um, there was a couple of, like, arcing balls that came into him that he was very quick on the way that he took the ball up and the way that he interpreted how it was going to land. And uh, he seemed to be making an excellent, like, connection with uh, Covermans. Um, I was I was impressed. Yeah, I can he, even, he had a great little kind of like uh, chip shot on goal as well that kind of like nearly worked out. Yeah, he seems to have like um, I don't know, I don't know if it's the, I'm thinking of anticipation or vision, but there was another play too where I awareness. Yeah, where, where he was uh, he was cutting in and you and it looked like um, he was gonna sort of just dish it off to his right and the the New York guy he could tell that the New York guy was anticipating him doing that and it 
he was already starting to move. So the sort of like sea, like it, the sea parted and opened for him. So the easy thing would have been just to push it away. But he saw this opening starting to happen. So instead of doing that, he just broke for it and it was there for him. He just cut through the middle, almost had a chance on goal. And that's something that I don't know if we've seen so much as a, as like a mid, like attacking midfielder who's really not afraid to just to just kind of like, you know, move forward hard with the ball well, and kind of create something that I, way. I don't think at this stage that, that he could be considered like an attacking midfielder. Um, that's one of the things that's kind of, like the way that the, the way that it looked like the play was being done tonight was kind of like everything was being set up to feed into uh, to Coverman, mm-hmm. you know, and like w- when that kind of like process broke down that they couldn't make a clear connection to him, then the play broke down. Mm-hmm. So like uh, normally in an attacking midfield scenario, they just they just take it themselves, you know. But it kind of like got to that point in the final third, and there was kind of it it almost kind of stalled. And there was a couple of bits that I did notice as well, where in the midfield, they kind of lacked imagination. Again, they were bringing the ball up, stopping, like running out of options, and then just bringing it back. And again, it stopped because those two players weren't there anymore, right? Yeah, well, it's just, um, again, it's um, this, you look at the team that we have on the pitch now to the one that we had on in April, um, and it's a completely, almost completely different lineup. so again, so this this team of players have only been together for a relatively short while, and I think my expectation or hope is certainly in the January transfer window when that opens up, and probably sooner than that, that we'll have some additional players injected into who can t- take on. We certainly need, as as Spark has already mentioned, the um, the, the solid, uh, defined cent- centre back. I know that someone who can really sort of control the back line. Um, and that would allow friends to push up more into that sort of holding uh, midfield role, dropping in some attacking options within the midfield as well, and possibly strengthening it with an additional attacking option um, so that there's some competition for those positions as well. I mean, I think that's kind of probably, you know, logically where we the club would need to move. Jesus, like if you look at the way that the team played tonight, um, I mean, it was un- unfortunate the way they lost. But if you look at the way that the team were playing in um, April um, uh, and May and June and July <laughs> and certainly a little bit of August, I mean, it was really like a day and night transformation, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. They also uh, seem to do some uh, lots of overlapping runs today with um, on the one side, Ashton Morgan on the one side and uh, Matt Stinson on the other. And they didn't utilize it an awful lot, but they were certainly at least drawing players wide and extending out the field so that you know they could make some space. Uh, with regards to Morgan as well, I think that they underutilized him as well. There was a lot of opportunity for cross-field play, but he was just standing there. There's yeah. no one like 20, 30 yards near him, yeah. and he was wide open yeah, yeah. and like just sort of waiting for the ball you know, with a, with a bit more awareness and a bit more vision uh, in the sort of central uh, or the opposing like wing. Uh, they could have just done a nice cross ball and it would have completely split the, uh, the New York uh, defense. Conversely, I think they did utilize Stinson an awful lot. And he had a, he was playing with a cast on and he just Yeah, kinda, he's had it on for a, a couple weeks now. It seemed like, um, I mean, he got a handball out of one of those because I just think the yeah, cast oh, yeah. is kind of like a little... This is tribute it, to... It uh, kind of reminded me to... Yeah, Jim like, Brennan. <laughs> I was thinking of what happened. <laughs> this is tribute to Jim Brennan, Jim, except he's the, on the right side. The Jim Brennan Memorial cast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But one thing I kind of wanted to put into context at least in terms of of uh you know new york and we were, we were matching up for player for player 
And I was trying to see, you know, as this game was going on, I couldn't figure out just where, you know, New York was falling up short and where Toronto was sort of exceeding our expectations or, or sort of like punching above their weight. And when we're talking about Stinson and Morgan, and I'm thinking of Avila and Morosevich to an extent, I was like, maybe it's just a matter of, you know, you put these young players in and, and they're just hungrier. And they're just out there to make a bigger impression than sort of these vets who are cashing in a paycheck, who just are more relying on their natural talents, don't have so much to prove anymore. And then you have these young guys who really have everything to prove, um, everything to lose, so to speak. They're trying to earn their reputation and out there to, to put in 150%. And I think, you know, we were talking especially about Matt Stinson and, and Ashton Morgan in the last two, three weeks have been pretty key part of, of Toronto playing better down this stretch. Yeah, um, I think that's uh, certainly what I did notice tonight in, from Red, Red, Red Bulls was that uh, Henri was getting very limited service and that we weren't, and we were playing a zonal system. We weren't playing like a, a man mark system. So even with that space to operate within the zonal system, um, he still was getting very limited service. Although I did um, see Eero picking him up a lot at the end. But I, but, well, yeah, but, but towards right, the no. end though, it was like close. To, it was like yeah. close quarters combat. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in, when when we were like sort of had a dedicated back line that was like sort of floating in and out. We, we were soaking up at least two attacks. I think it was a probably uh, New York. Uh, probably New York. Um, just tonight, maybe they weren't firing on all cylinders. Maybe there was some connectivity issues in terms of getting the ball through to the forwards, um, or maybe just Henri was just kind of. I mean, he did look kind of lackadaisical. It just, just he wasn't like sort of trying. Yeah, like there was that one moment where the ball almost came through, and he he was the last player, and he could he, have just stretched his leg out and put it in. Yeah, it just looked like he kind of switched off tonight, maybe. And uh, but certainly when he did switch it on, yeah. you could see the magic <laughs> that the way that he turned that ball and then just yeah. shot it in with his left foot. That was incredible. Yeah, it was stunning. Yeah. Um, and I think that may be another contributing factor that tonight, you know, they were just off their game, but. Um, um, in Toronto's, in to to in to to Toronto's side though, I think they did a, a pretty a solid job of um, of controlling the attacks, um, especially during the first, I'd say all of the first half, and certainly mm-hmm. into the about, I would say a half or two thirds of the second half. But I have to say that I think New York actually, when they did come at us, they looked very dangerous. But somehow we were able to, you know, dismantle it at some point, like at the last pass or something like yeah, that. And but a lot of that was to do with Fringe. The, their, their flair looked much better than us. And, uh, you know, it just felt like, man, it was only a matter of time. Yeah. And then and then, then it was, you know. I mean, in, in a true Henri fashion, I mean, the guy is so known for scoring in the last dying minutes of the game. And the thing is, New York really had to come into this game and win and get all three points. And I made a note of it before, actually. Um, in, in the um, when we did a countdown and how I was looking through it wasn't is this year it hasn't been so much about New York losing games but not winning games because I think this is their 16th draw I think it's, I think there's something like five wins right? 16 draws wow 16 then you look at the teams they've drawn and it's just like Toronto well, well <laughs> if you really if you look at it you look at like they weren't yeah. some of them were like Vancouver at home um, and I think Chicago they tied and it's just like. You know, that adds up to 11 points. And I think they're sitting on 39 or 40. They could be at 50 points by now and, mm-hmm. and clear in first place. Um, and, and, you know, even though they get this draw on the road, this was easily their easiest game down the stretch. If I'm not mistaken, they have Philadelphia's in there and mm-hmm. maybe one of the big uh, teams from um, the Western Conference. 
And then you look at Toronto, who put out a pretty good effort, considering they have you nothing know, to play for. No, um, and, being a spoiler, and that sometimes that's not enough to play. Well, you know, no, but I would say though, um, I would say internally, Toronto have a lot to play for. Sure, they certainly have uh, the sort of. Um, I think um, Vinter is certainly very dedicated to the fact that um, they're not just going to sort of turn up and like be someone's bitch for the night. You know, he wants to. He wants to. Because a lot of the players that are on the pitch tonight, well, for Vinter, be, it's his reputation. Yeah, he's going to be thinking about those for them for next year, and it's going to. He's looking for heart and commitment, and like you know, and desire. So, I mean, like you said, Spark, a lot of these guys are very young, so they're not going to. He's not going to say, "Listen, this game's pointless. Just go out there and stretch your legs." But maybe it's because he's trying to play the young players, and they're going to play for their spot. And he's maybe trying to see who's going to be in the lineup next year. Right? Sure. Yeah, I think you know. you're right. I don't think you're wrong. But I think um, at the same time, um, Toronto's season certainly within the league is done and dusted. It's done and dusted a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, as time in terms of the Champions League, we still have a, a, a very a, a relatively a valid shot at like making yeah. it through to the uh, the group stage. Yeah, and that's the thing is that uh, you know this was a game that. You know, whether you, you know, believe in momentum in the sense of just getting results, but it's something where you got to keep your best players out, get them performing, you know, going for the win because Dallas Especially is in... Especially talking about Coverman's uh, 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 um, sort of general fitness level, like playing tonight, like, instead of resting him tonight and just saying like Champions League only, um, it's, I think it's important to keep him in the match and keep him fit, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. And that's the thing is that, I mean, Dallas are on a, on a massive skid. And, you know, we got a break now because there's the international break coming up. Canada's got two games. And they come back and, and they have to go to Dallas, who've, who've completely fallen apart. Um, and you can't take that, even that sort of like uh, loss of form for granted because on a quality level, an organization level, I would say Dallas is still ahead of us. So if they go in and take this break seriously um, and, and take this result, which is really is, a, you know, a, a decent result, against a really good team or quality players, um, you know, you go into Dallas and they have every chance at coming away. All they have to do is win, which is not easy on the road for mm, Toronto. But, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but that's... That, but they do have but, everything to play for now. Yeah. Like, the league is done. Like, in terms of effort and, like, sort of focus and emphasis, they really do have an, a great opportunity here to, to sort of, you know, actually grab something out of the embers of this season and turn it into something tangible for the fans. Yeah. And if they get through talking of uh talking of Canada just quickly before I forget. Um Canada of uh St. Kitts uh yeah. coming up as the next game. Yeah. No, if, they have St. Lucia the next game right. and then and then Puerto Rico and then they play St. Kitts in November. That's right. Puerto Rico. Yeah. If it's this cold uh if it's this cold <laughs> then uh, there'd be a distinct home advantage. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's it. This one, this game. So they'll have St. Kitts, they'll have Puerto Rico at home in a, in a couple in a week, which will be great because Puerto Rico, I don't think we'll be too into that. And then November, bringing St. Kitts up here. Jesus. <laughs> Perfect. That could be snow on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. No complaints Actually, there. Actually, yeah. <laughs> um, so let's move to sights and sounds if we yeah, could. Yeah, it's perfect. Can we? Yes. What of are we course. doing? Sights and sounds. Sights and sounds. Nice and sound. Things in the stadium. Yeah. So, so one of the things I noticed was there was an Estonian flag. Oh, yeah. I was trying to figure out why the Estonian flag is. You have a theory about it. It was Limper. Joel Limper is Who's Estonian. He? He's the New York's midfielder, and he's one of their better players for sure. 
Um, even though the connection, of course, Steve, is you are Estonian. Yes. This is why you. This is why. That's Steve why it's made interesting no, of me to me. Yeah, normally, probably I would, to uh, no one else. Yeah. <laughs> so moving along. Yeah. <laughs> Especially not Tim. <laughs> Next sights and sound, please. Um, the, there's a great. Uh, <laughs> there was a great uh, comment at the uh, just before Henri scored. Um, there was a great slag in the stadium that said uh, oh, yeah. it was it was doing a song called Jersey Shore Rejects. Yeah, talking about New York, right? Obvious. And then some guy followed up with, "So you know what the situation is? <laughs> You're losing." <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was funny. Yeah, and you got to be so, careful with that. You got to be yeah, careful it, with those. It, 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 jinx it jinxes us. But I, it's funny at the moment. Without getting into sure. it too deeply. I, those those clowns in the in the corner were shit. What the uh, New York fans? Yes. Yeah, they were garbage. They were trash. Yeah, I mean, we sit up there. Yeah, we they were doing some songs. Sit down, shut up. They were like, really? <laughs> Let's bring it on. Then. It was just bad. It was they, everything was just kind of weak. And you yeah. know, we we sit up in the northeast northwest northeast corner, so you know, we get everyone up there. And and you know, on on a scale of all the all the supporters that come in, they're yeah, we yeah, get they're at the garbage. bottom. They were garbage. They're at the bottom. Uh, listen, let me. I got a so um, the the supporter sections were like yeah, sort of ghostly quiet tonight. The yeah. North End Elite, there was like nothing. No singing. No singing. Silence. No flags. No nothing. Yeah. You, you Sparky, do you know any, any inside scoop on that? And the, and the bunker a, was pretty quiet too, right? I don't think there is an inside scoop on it. There's no flags. It, no, no nothing. Was it too cold to sing tonight? Or is there Those something guys, going on? We we've seen. Yeah, I know. There's got to be something going on. It could be like a snowstorm, and, and they'd be still be like singing and. Yeah. So what do you I, think? I think it's just uh, you know I mean there was, I can't remember what game it was it was a, it was a, it was the Colorado game that it was dead as a doornail in the first half and people were just like you know what it's it is what it is it's just that nothing to sing there's for. nothing to sing for and it was just one of those like you know where, I don't know perfect storm is but it's just no one was singing and it just happened everyone was doing it once and I think that's the same thing tonight that it it's was just noticeably like, silent that's all I can say man that it's um, you know m- until I think the team really starts picking it up that uh the motivation to really give her isn't there one of the things that was tonight was the um, mvp award which went to i think you know uh f- shockingly to the right person which is thorsten frings and some guys were like let's have a frings party and i thought it was hilarious because i was thinking of the the <laughs> french fry onion ring thing that harvey did one year <laughs> <laughs> I think you can uh, still get frames. No, I don't think they're available anymore. No, listen. When I used to uh, when I used to work on cruise ships, there was a onion ring, like kind of potato chip deal. It was called a fring. Okay, well there there you go. It was like a like you it's, know like a like a like a, it's Pan like Harvey's. A, it's outside like a, of Harvey's. Like a ring, like one of those yeah. like sort of foamy kind of potato chip deals with like cheese and onion flavoring, and they called them frings. Let's have a frings party. I think you might struggle to find them. Though. I think I can't remember where we used to buy them. But Sounds they, gross. They were all right. No, they actually were all right. Though. Really? Yeah. We well, had to drink quite a lot. Well, you, to get the thing good. is that uh, you know they actually guess onion. They actually guess the right player of the match. Yeah. They've done uh, it a couple of times. That's what they've done a couple of times. So as the sort of sun sets on the uh, the MLS season for Toronto FC for the twenty, we um, we wanted to um, sort of throw out a question to the uh, the listeners, and and that would be. Um, who in the existing lineup um, do you think uh, won't make it from last se- to next season? Like who's going to get chopped? And secondly, um, of um, sort of uh, any uh, or your thoughts on who you think uh, would be suitable candidates to bring into the club? 
And this is a tricky question. Or, or given... the position, you would say, is is priority number one. Yeah. Priority a, number one. This is a tricky question because from year to year, the teams are so different. Yeah. But this is, this would be get... probably the first year we have Every... the same manager. Yes, that's only sure. time anything that's happened was with John Carver. Every year, I never recognize the lineup when the when the season home opener <laughs> starts. I, it's like, who is this? So, team? like, who do you think should be cut? Who do you think is going to make it? Like, uh, might have some think? stability this year. So, there's who, who might you think uh, the who who you think might should be brought in in terms of like a personality or a profile, and uh, where are the uh, the biggest sort of gaps? What, what what positions do we really need? Might be very interesting to hear your feedback. And you can, yeah, you know, I think we can. We should think about that until the last game of the year, New England, and we can then discuss that with the emails that come in. Yeah, that would be wonderful. It would be a great discussion. Um, there are certainly, in my opinion, there's some that are going to make it, and there's a there's probably a few question marks against some of them. Um, yeah, I got a couple of ideas. I think who people who won't be back for sure. So send it to have your say at Red Nation. or info at Red Nation Let's not get too crazy. We should get a telephone number. 888-R-E-D-N-A-T-I. That's it. <laughs> well, it was a cold night. It felt... Um, we had was, Nuit Blanche in the background. Yeah, yeah. we. Oh, well, I'm, some, some of us might be going out to Nuit Blanche now. Yeah, I might just. I, I most likely won't. <laughs> right, it might be at your house. <laughs> I'll probably see some actually on the way home. Yeah, you will, guaranteed. But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I wasn't disappointed with tonight. I I think uh, I was kind of walking into this expecting us to lose. The fact that we kind of lost a win and come away with the point was certainly much better than uh, the previous attempts that yeah. uh, Toronto has had against. Well, New what, York. Have, what have we said since the beginning of the year? What have you said, Tim? Draws are wins for this team. Yep. Draws are wins. Yep. So. Tonight, felt like tonight we won. But it did feel like a loss. It did, because you know what? You do get your hopes up when it's the 80, what, the 86 <laughs> minute. I remember, I, remember, I remember once they played, <laughs> and we said, even when they win, it feels like they fucking lose. <laughs> 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 I remember, I can't remember when that was, but that was earlier in the year. And it was like, <laughs> even when they win, it's like still painful and horrid and you're wretched. <laughs> but it's very good to be back on the pod. Um, and we're just never satisfied, break. are we? Yeah. <laughs> it's it's very good. good. You know, you know, you never should be satisfied because that pushes pushes for the next level. I just can't get no when satisfaction. The, there you That's go. right. I'll be satisfied when, I, right. when a cup is raised. Moves like Mick Jagger. Well, there we got the Trillion Cup, man. Oh, Come yeah. on. Oh, true. Oh, you got such high level, Sparky. Yeah. So the Vo- didn't we win the Voyager Cup too? Yeah, we won the Voyager. We, we have two cups this we year. We won the Voyager Cup and the Trillium Cup, dude. Who knows? Who filling up? It? We're filling up that. We might, need a, we might need a trophy cabinet <laughs> soon. <laughs> it doesn't matter if our players don't even know We've what the cups are. We've got a trophy cabinet. Like, uh, <laughs> it's got space for three cups in it. All right. Ladies. Steve's on the right. Bye. Tim's on the left. He's already said goodbye. Sparks in the middle. We'll catch you in two weeks. Bye. Eastside Stand Up is the only TFC specific podcast breaking down the game, the home game at least, right after it happens. We want you to get involved. So if you're watching the game at home or even through the week, come up with something, email us at haveyoursay at rednationonline.ca and help direct the discussion. Get your opinion across of what happened on the pitch today.